An artist's duty, as far as I'm concerned, is to reflect the times. I think that is true of, of our painters, sculptors, poets, musicians. I, it's because I'm concerned it's their choice. But I choose to reflect. Hello. Ooh, hi. Oh. <laughs> Happy October. We have entered spooky season. And yes, we have lost all will to live. Just kidding. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, hi, y'all. Hi. Hey, Molly. Hi. Hey, Chrissy. How are you? Oh, I'm great. There's a man weed whacking outside my window, and I'm sorry if it's loud. I can't hear it, but I'm sure those are very calming, soothing sounds. Yeah, it goes like... (laughs) I love it, and I'm going to listen to that every night going to bed. Like, literally every day. (laughs) This is my mantra. (laughs) Okay, but yeah, I'm so glad that you're doing good, but you have a weed whacker situation. It's great. Um, How are you? How are you? You know, we're living. We're doing. We're making. What more can... (laughs) What more can be said? I don't know. Molly's dancing for me. Uh... And I liked it, which is why I was not, I was lost for, I was a lot at a loss for words because I was too, too enamored with her dancing. <laughs> but yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. It's actually, um, we're becoming a dance yes. podcast and that is what makes us feel That's okay. That's the slow pivot. You guys, you didn't know this, but the long game is eventually just, uh, uh, interpretive dance podcast. <laughs> I mean, I do, I do have a dream of sometime in the future, us, um, once we finally, like, make a Patreon mm-hmm. and stuff, like, uh, a monthly, like, dance yeah. club on Zoom, oh. <laughs> where we dance to, like, maybe, like, movie soundtracks so we can keep it a little bit That filmy. is an idea <laughs> that this gal fully supports. Um, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Sorry. So... Yeah, that's all. It's yeah, October. It's October oh, is spooky season, so they say. All everyone, what everyone has said, <laughs> spooky season. Everyone. Um. Yeah. Um. We're. So we're not getting a Halloween this year, but what we do get is four spooky episodes of Female yes. Gaze podcast. We are yes. so excited to get creepy with you all. Um, horror is one of the most fun genres, I feel like. There's truly and a lot of room to play. We've talked about this previously, like, um, haven't really, like, embraced the horror genre because it's usually, like, I, I feel like we talked about that on the invitation. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of times it can just be, like, schlocky bullshit and, like, not in mm-hmm. a good way. Um, but... We are seeking out the good ones. The good ones. And hopefully <laughs> on our way to creating a few good ones ourselves. 
<laughs> but yeah, um, this is this is an auditory yeah. wink. Uh, I'm gonna do a wink sound effect for them. <laughs> That's a scary eyeball. <laughs> That's like the eye of Saruman. <laughs> Blinking at you like, watch out, watch out, watch out. Okay. Um. Anyway, so speaking of scary, uh, I feel like Marissa had some great words about the movie that we are talking about today. Yes. Um, so last week we asked all of you to please start drama with the podcast. Please start a fight with us. Um, we want to be in a rivalry with someone. Like any just sort of mild drama. I need something going on. Um, we, we just like need to like entertain something. We didn't get no, any None of, that, of you brought us the dramatics. Nobody wanted to fight. Um, <laughs> I'm ready to fight. Um, but friend of the pod, Marissa, Woo! Marissa Ayers, uh, did send us some awesome thoughts on Jennifer's body. I could go on and on about what Jennifer's body means to me. But when I really think about it, I think the reason that it sticks in people's heads, the reason why it's so iconic is that it shows a woman hungry and not just for sex. Like we know the movie's inherently sexual. We've seen it. Uh, But it it really has little to do with sex in and of itself, but it has to do with satisfaction and ambition and getting what you want and confidence and arrogance and her saying, I'm a God. Like a gender swapped version of this movie would be Similar to like a supernatural wolf of Wall Street. Like it's not compelling to see a man say what he wants, get what he wants, and not apologize for it. It's stunning to see a woman do it. And I know she's the villain, but we all know she's actually the protagonist because we root her on the whole movie. Or is that just me? Oh, shit. We love that. We, we love those thoughts. Thanks, Marissa, for submitting your thoughts. Ah, so beautiful. So succinct. And that's just who she is. But also her words were that as well. <laughs> mm. Mm. Marissa. Delicious. Mm. Speaking of hungry, mm, that's what I feel about your words. Mm. Uh, but thank you. What like a, <laughs> just like perfectly, perfectly capturing exactly all the thoughts I had about this movie as well. Um, so without further ado let's talk about jennifer's body filmed in 2009 filmed in 2009 um this is the second movie we're going to be talking about directed by karen kusama um the first being the invitation this one was written by diablo cody who we know we love she wrote juno as well totally united states of tara Um, yes 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 um, which that one I've only seen like the first season. I never saw that. Regretfully. No. Really? Oh, it's I know. Really great. Really great. I, I worship Tony Collette. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Tony Collette belongs on my altar of women. For mm. sure. But, Absolutely. Yeah, I always wanted to see um that show and then I didn't have HBO at the time when it was coming out. And then now I, now it's gone forever. It's no longer. Was it on HBO? Um, 
I actually don't think it was an HBO show, but it might have been like that's Showtime? what it. I think it was Showtime. And here's the thing: like I am an HBO girl, not yeah. a Showtime girl. And every now and then there are like Showtime shows that I'm like, I would love right. to see that. Um, actually, there were a couple that I watched early in quarantine that I really loved. Um, we are very hard sidebar here. Yeah, um, I love it. <laughs> um, but. Kidding, starring Jim Carrey. Yeah, I wanted to watch that. With, please watch it. I would love to talk about it with somebody. It's got two seasons. Um, Judy Greer, finally, like, oh, oh my god, incredible, incredible. Um, I loved that, and um, on becoming a god in Central Florida. I so it was really strong in the first half, and then it was kind of like, what's happening here? But also like. Kirsten Dunst absolutely ate that. She fucking ate She's that a killer. role. Kirsten Dunst, absolutely. Underrated. Oh, uh, Lars von Trier's um, Melancholia, one of the most mm-hmm. beautiful films about uh, depression, particularly when it comes to depression as a as a woman. Incredible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Love it. Love her. I could talk about Kirsten Dunst for, like, yes. years. We should add Woodshock to our yes. list. Yes! That's a movie that, like, I don't think I I finished it I for some reason. I didn't finish it either it was because like, of class. I, was, I had to go to class. It was, it was, like, a thing of, like, I rented it and, for some reason, like, time-wise, didn't work out. And I was like, well, I'm not going to rent it again. <laughs> you know? Not twice. <laughs> ah, the what? Um. <laughs> Blat, don't blat. Um, okay. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Well, yes, but yeah, I would love to rewatch that film because I feel like that was another one that was lauded by a lot of female film critics and makers that I love. However, nobody was talking about it unless you know. You know, it's just kind of again. Yeah, it was very like a uh, under. Um, under, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, underrepresented in a Mm -hmm. mainstream, uh, whatever. Um, but that was the directorial debut of Sisters Kate and Laura Malavi of Rodarte. Did I say that right? Rodarte. So cool. Such a cool fashion (laughs) brand. Gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Um, but yeah, we're adding that to the list. It's on the list. list. Watch out. But I guess we should get back to the one that we crossed off the list. The Taskin And oh my fucking God. Like, I, so first thought, best thought, I'm pissed that I allowed myself to like be put off by like the idea of watching this movie whenever it well, came out. Well, Molly, it's funny you should say that. I'll tell you why. It's an issue. <laughs> it's an issue that Diablo Cody also had with the film because she was apparently famously she had an she issue. She had an with issue that. with uh, the way that film was marketed. In fact, she in an interview with with Megan Fox 10 years later, she said that um, when she was trying to like su- like defend this film and, like, tell them, like, this is how it should be marketed, and this is blah, 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 and she was trying to defend it um, to the marketing company that 
or the, the that the studio was working with and the guy literally said she was like I mean this is what I think what are your thoughts and he sent her back three words a whole email of three words saying Megan Fox hot so the whole marketing company was like no was basically like kind of Megan Fox hot, hot. tattoo it on my <laughs> as skull. a reminder of how <laughs> shitty the patriarchy is um no but seriously like this all all of the um uh like the test screenings and the early screenings that they did um the the studio specifically had it be young males um and like specifically young men uh, Megan Fox she she called them quote frat boy types um that was mm. the only people doing the screening for these this movie which it already started off on a rocky step because it's like all all the comments they had to say were like more more boobs like not enough boobs like not funny enough not scary enough blah blah, blah. and oh. they had no women like really doing any of the early screenings um most of the critics were obviously men because film critics is still like the critique world is still dominated by men cuz that's very yes. much I feel like it's very much like if you become allotted enough critic in your time period you're like grandfathered into being a critic forever about mm-hmm. any everything even if your opinion doesn't necessarily matter anymore completely unqualified yeah. and like you don't understand exactly. but to that point um film critic Lena mm-hmm. Wilson is the uh, um TikToker um at Neil's mom that's Lena Wilson um is like the the person that like sparked my interest in giving this movie a chance and I'm so glad that that happened I'm so glad that she exists um and is making waves in the film she critique really is. world it's very exciting to see we love that so basically everything that you just told me is um this movie which is a hundred percent about like subverting patriarchy was killed by the patriarchy. By, by the patriarchy. Wow, it all makes sense. <laughs> it never it? stood yeah. a chance. Right. So they gave this movie to people who it was not for and they didn't get it. Exactly. And um therefore they sexed it up in a different way and the people that it was for had no interest in seeing it. Huh <sighs> Snake eating its exactly. own tail. Snake eating its own exactly. damn tail. And, and I think that's why, uh, like, <clears throat> why Megan Fox and Diablo Cody, a decade later, are doing an interview about mm-hmm. Jennifer's body. Like, mm-hmm. like, why are you still talking about a movie you filmed ten years later? Because it's finally reaching that audience that it was intended for. Thank God. And you and it's like, and yeah, you. exactly. And it's like <laughs> making a re re-entry into the world as it was supposed to be seen versus like basically I mean 
they and I feel like they didn't even try to really sell it as being that much of a comedy, and it's so much no, of a comedy. and it's and that's this is another black comedy. Yeah. Like. Well, and that's that's the issue too. Is like it's like if you say like oh it's just a bunch of stupid girls in a horror sexy horror film, then yeah you might get that if you nope. don't know how to like think deeper. Exactly, but like the thing is, this is camp. This is like, like the flagship bisexual right. movie. <laughs> um, like, okay, let's just talk about the camp yes, for let's. a second. Like, uh, just I'm just gonna touch on a few things here. First of all, Amy Sedaris plays um, plays Needy's I mother. Know. Did did you? Oh, barely. <laughs> she has no lines. Barely recognized but... her. I was like, "Is that Amy Sedaris?" No, there's no way. I had yeah. to pause and I, I googled it really quickly, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Okay, so there's that. J.K. Simmons. <laughs> J.K. Simmons's hair. Travis. Um. J.K. Simmons having a hook for Nobody a hand. Nobody talks about that. That. No one talks no. about it. No one talks about it. <laughs> Um, just the, the Midwest emo culture mm-hmm. of it all, like, it, it is just, like, Midwest emo drag. Truly. And it's amazing. Oh, it's amazing. And the music, the way the music was used in this film, like, was such, like, you could tell she was, like, trying to make it clear that this is a kick in the face to, like, like, teen horror, you know? It was, like... Um, sorry oh, about that. So I I was like so in my thought that I didn't even see that you had left. I was like blah 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 blah, and then I looked so- and you were gone, and I was like, oh, uh, keep talking. She probably just like dropped something and is grabbing it, and then I was like, oh, she's not coming back, and I, I I'm done with my thought. I should probably stop talking now. Um, sorry, the maintenance man came and uh, sprayed for pests. I didn't know that was happening today. So I had to scramble really quickly. Um, where were we? (laughs) Music. We're talking about the music. The music. Yeah. The music for this film is just such a, I think what I was saying was like a kick in the face to like teen, like horror film. Like it's just the way that they used like hard metal in this film was so badass and just created such an like ambiance for me but then it like trickled it it, like it like trickled like what's the word I'm trying to think of she like sandwiched it with like kind of the more you know usual like fun poppy teen songs that you would hear there was Florence yeah. and the Machine. Yeah, and, like, definitely her brand, um, like, Diablo Cody, like, the type of stuff that you might hear in other films of mm-hmm. hers. But, like, then, like, like kind of, sh- like, a knife through, cutting through the silence with, like, this awesome, like, hardcore, like, metal music I thought was very badass. And, um, but, yeah, that's. Um, they also, um, 
on the soundtrack, um, Panic at the Disco wrote a song for the soundtrack called Northern Downpour. Yes. And um, I remember that video being absolutely iconic. And also, that is what they ended up... So this movie was very influential on them. That's what they ended up naming their like fan club was the Northern oh, Downpour. Wow. And yes, this bitch paid $40 to join Northern Downpour for a year and get an exclusive t-shirt. Uh, but it is exclusive, <laughs> so like... And ac- quote-unquote access to exclusive information in an email every month. Was it worth it? <laughs> no. <laughs> so... Oh my god, at the time though, I was like... You were like, this is where I belong. I found my people. You, like, wouldn't know. It's like, I found my tribe, and, like, you should be happy. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I'm at one with myself now. Thank you. (laughs) It was a really cool t-shirt, though. Um, I ruined it by bleaching my hair. Oh, no! (laughs) Hair proms. But anyway, that's on being a teen. Yes. Um, But... Yeah, more about more about Jennifer's body. Like for yes. me so for you, like what were some like like pivotal moments in the movie for you? Um it wasn't really about pivotal mm-hmm. moments. For me, it was like the whole thing as a whole was just like a beautiful camp yeah. experience. You know? I wrote down a lot of quotes or just a few quotes. Um just of, of course the the opening line, hell is a teenage mm-hmm. girl. So good. Tattoo that on my body. Yeah. Um, you're totally lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, that girl at the the pep rally. Whenever she's like looking at Jennifer, um, and um, also, I think Jennifer. No, 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 not Jennifer. Needy says this whenever. Jennifer gets in the van at the burning music venue, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which was just, like, so, like, like, total destruction was happening behind her, and (laughs) she's just, like, whatever. Um, She said, he was skinny and twisted and evil, like this petrified tree I saw when I was a kid. Um, And... um, Whenever they were in class talking about all of the death and stuff and they were, like, lauding the band Mm -hmm. as, like, thank God for this band and this girl wearing a low-shoulder t-shirt, she said, low-shoulder are American heroes. (laughs) And (laughs) Needy's like, I was there. They didn't help anyone. That's just a rumor. And she goes, it's not a rumor. It's in their Wikipedia page. (laughs) Yes! Uh. Oh, and okay, one of my favorite quotes was, uh, PMS isn't real needy. It was just invented by the boy-run media to make us seem crazy. No, I loved that quote, too. As someone who, like, desperately suffers from PMS, I, like, I'm aware that it is a reality, but... Yeah. It's such a good quote, like, for that a high school feeling of feminism. It, it sort of ties in with what Marissa was saying. It was just like, um, a woman mm-hmm. hungry who is literally like, so like, also I think we should talk about the fact that like, 
Jennifer became this like version of herself in the course of right. the movie. Yes. Like we we did we didn't open on her as this mm-hmm. character. It's it's a thing that she became. Um and um that that quote just sort of like encapsulated just like what are the words I'm looking for? Uh, words, are <laughs> words are really hard. <laughs> um just like sort of her position like as far as like her two men, you know? Like she's like, I don't I'm not buying into anything that anyone is mm-hmm. selling me. Um and I'm moving forward and it wasn't PMS. She was hungry for blood. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, and like I think like there were so many well, I feel like the first of all the the comedy was maybe lost on a lot of <coughs> boys because um well, a we have this idea of like women can't do comedy. At least like and this mm-hmm. was like before Bridesmaids, you know, this was for some reason, I feel like Bridesmaids was the movie that convinced everyone that women actually can be funny. Um, okay. That's, like, my own personal journey, though. I don't know if you feel the same way. <laughs> but I feel like I heard so many men after the movie Bridesmaids came out being like, oh, my God, that was actually a good movie. Oh, that the qualifier of actually. Yeah, and I was like, Oh, are you saying it was actually a good comedy because it was all women, like, who have basically been running yeah. SNL for years now? But anyway, um, uh, no, but, and I feel like this movie was obviously a little too niche to reach a great, grander audience like Bridesmaids was, but it, it was, like, a lot of the jokes. But... It's it speaks to something generationally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, we live like, in a much more sarcastic, dry time now than we did yes. then, which is why I feel like this movie even now is kind of It was a little bit ahead of yeah. its time because of like the style of like intelligent humor mm-hmm. that it was written from. Like it's it is very much a black comedy that like satirizes itself and um like the culture that it lives right. in and i think that was also a disconnect that happened too of like how can it be satire when like megan fox is bullied you know and like because satire is smart and witty and you know she can't mm-hmm. be that and i feel like that's another thing reason of why like the point of this film was like missed not the point, because that makes it mm-hmm. sound like it, it had, like, some sort of call to arms. It's just a fun, <laughs> fun comedy horror film f- with feminist ideals, which we love. Exactly. Um, exactly. But, yeah, I feel like, I don't know, they, that it couldn't be seen as, like, a smart comedy with someone like Megan Fox at the forefront, which is, you know, really upsetting and, like... I've been doing a lot of research lately on her and how the media and I as a very insecure teenage girl played part in this but like just mm-hmm. demonized her for being sexual. 
Is that indigo? Right. <laughs> <laughs> For a second, I was thought. Indigo. For a second, I thought it was uh, it was your stomach, and I was like, "Dang, girl, bitch <laughs> <laughs> is hungry." <laughs> she literally is hey. next to her dog, and her dog is, yeah, it's cute. It's good stuff. She's yelling at me again. I, uh, the glamorous life of doing a podcast in your apartment. Uh, we love it. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's like, yeah. So I feel like that the culture had already done a lot to demonize her. And also there was like a lot of hateful vitriol about Diablo Cody, right? When this movie came out too, like, how could someone who just did Juno do something so, like, A, with, like, demonic, like, aspects, um, B, mm-hmm. with so much sexual um, content and, 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 and sexualized people involved. And, and then here's the biggie. Here's the reason why I think this movie also didn't do very well is because of queerness. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely very clear queer tension, sexual tension between Megan Fox's character, um, Jennifer, and the other female lead, Amanda Seyfried's character, um, Needy. Very much a, a sexual tension there, and, and there's definitely... And you can see this prior to before Jennifer kind of goes through this change that turns her into like a different kind of scary person throughout the film. Um, But you can see like needy Amanda Seyfried's character, who is Jennifer's best friend. um, She is definitely more interested in hanging out with Jennifer than her own boyfriend. She, you know, Mm -hmm. they... She's obsessed with Jennifer. She's obsessed with Jennifer. And and vice versa, even though Jennifer's definitely better. She's so cool. She's more aloof in the way she. What's up, Monistat? She's she's super (laughs) aloof and like bitchy in the way she plays it. But she's also, you can tell, very possessive over Needy and Needy's time. Mm -hmm. Um, So do you think that. Sorry to like no, cut your point off, but do you think that her intention with like seducing Chip, mm-hmm. Needy's boyfriend, was to was just for selfish reasons in the just in the sense of like he's a boy, he's fair game, like doesn't I have no like qualms with like murdering this boy. Um, or do you think it was like a, um, getting rid of him so Needy could not have him and she could have more access to Needy? Absolutely, or... yeah. Like, and you can you can see, like, she, like, makes... I, I felt like there was a moment when she makes that decision of, like, he's getting in the way. Like, like yeah, A, yeah. I have fewer scruples now. <laughs> I'm like... I mm-hmm. have fewer morals. I, I mean, I don't think she's actually telling herself this, but she has, she's now being, in case, in case you don't know anything about the movie, we're just going to say she's being. You should always watch the movie before listening to it. Yeah. Yet. So that, 
just goes without saying. B, she's basically being possessed by um, a demon uh, who has mm-hmm. inhabited her because a ba- this band, Low Shoulder, um, who daylights as a band and by night are Satan worshippers, essentially, or satanic occult. Um, I think they're... They're occultists, yes. Satanism is sort of like a different thing. Satanism is actually rooted in goodness. That's that's why I'm glad you're here. Satanism gets a bad rap. Same with with witchcraft. (laughs) And we're actually going to talk more about that this month as well. Yeah, because there is like, um, like occultist is like sort of like an umbrella term because there is like good and bad in it as well. Like good practices. Yeah, like there's evil practices. Yeah, like black um, magic, white magic. Mm-hmm, All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so these guys are you definitely feel. the bad ones. <laughs> um, the they're the super ones, bad guys. Sure. And what they do is that they like abduct Jennifer in their van and then they perform a ritual, um, assuming that she's a virgin, which we find out later she's not. Um, she says, I have never done sex i don't know how to do it you should obviously find someone how who knows because i do don't it. know how to do it <laughs> yeah because i don't know yeah how to and do so it. <laughs> they are like oh she's a virgin she'll be used as our sacrifice and that was their big mistake because in doing that the ritual goes awry and a demon officially inhabits jennifer's body aka the name of the movie uh, <laughs> it's her title um but yeah uh it's a uh, it's so yeah it's like it's yeah <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah yeah um, um it's just actually yeah no but <laughs> like um there's so much so many like subtle subtle like digs at not even digs. I actually am going to take that word back. Because really, it's not making fun of this. Really? I'm rolling it back. I'm, I'm redacting that statement. Um, and what I'm going to say instead is that I feel like Diablo Cody, the screenplay writer of the film, I am almost positive that she took like just quotes that she heard men say throughout her life and pepper it throughout the film too. Mm-hmm. Like... When Jennifer's trapped in the back of this van with these band members, um, she, you know, starts trying to save her own life and bargain with them. And they're like, oh, this is why I hate girls. And like, God, I hate yeah, girls. And yes. Like, uh, all that stuff. And then even, even. She says, she goes, where are we going? I, it's so dark. And he says, you don't have to talk. Yeah. To her, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's like. You're literally abducting her. <laughs> um, You're abducting her. You don't have to talk if you don't want to. Fuck you. <laughs> and, and even the nice guy of the film, Chip, who is Needy's boyfriend, um, and I, I said nice guy with air quotes, which you guys can't see, um, which he is the nice guy of the film. He's not a bad dude. but you, Very naive, very naive, sweet boy. But even some, I'm obsessed with Oh, Johnny, Johnny Simmons. Simmons is so good. For you! Uh, for you! I'm gonna let you hit it for free, Johnny Simmons. Um, but no, I'm not really, uh, but, <laughs> not for free anyway. Um, just kidding. No, but, uh, 
was I going to say? No, but even he says some stuff, like, at one point, so Jennifer and Needy have, like, this connection where Needy can, like, intuitively tell, like, what, like, Jennifer's doing, um, if Jennifer's about to feed on someone. She starts almost having, like, a Mm -hmm. psychic relationship with Jennifer, in a sense. And at one point of the film... Jonathan and Needy are having sex, and was it their first time? Chip. Chip. Sorry. John. Um, no, no, because, uh, in the scene before that, he says, um, uh, so are you gonna come over tonight? I, I went by Super Target and got more clothes. Oh, that's right. Not that that's, um, what I'm implying we're gonna do, but, um, just, I'm just letting you know. Again, <laughs> another example of what I'm talking about, though. <laughs> Of, like, guys being like, oh, yeah, I'm getting more condoms. Uh, not because I'm expecting sex. I'm I'm not expecting sex, but I'm just letting you know that we have more condoms. And I'm like, cool. Thanks okay. for that. No, but, and then, so, so, during this scene, they're having sex, and, um, uh, this is, uh, uh, what's the way I can say this? Um. And so Needy starts kind of, like, almost pro- astral projecting, but not... she. She's, like, right. she's aware that Megan Fox's character, Jennifer, is about to feed off of someone, a, a young man. Uh, which, uh, in case we haven't said it yet, she exclusively eats young men. <laughs> Which is kind of badass. She said, "I'm not. I'm not killing people. I'm. Killing I'm not killing boys. people. I'm killing boys. Um, and <laughs> true. Um, but yeah. So at this point, Needy starts like having visions of Jennifer killing someone and starts to scream and freak out. And so um, Chip stops, and then." His first thing was like, "Am I too big? Did I hurt you?" He goes, he goes "Oh, did I hurt you? Oh my!" I, he okay, yeah. At first, it was like sympathetic. He was like, "Did oh my god, did I hurt you? Like, are you okay?" And then he was like, "Am, am I, I too, too big? big?" And then and like, like smiling, like kind of like chin, like finger on the chin, like, "Am I?" Too and it's big? like, oh. <laughs> "Oh my god, absolutely not, sir!" Like you were going at like. <laughs> like point zero 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 five <laughs> miles an hour there but, like <laughs> like that's the thing of like I don't I don't know like it's just like this idea of like I don't know men thinking they have so much um power and control not only right like, like when it's like she was fully like being fucked and like was just somewhere mm-hmm. else like entirely and i'm like mm. been there um yeah dissociating <laughs> uh dissociating during sex what? who does that <laughs> not me um no but uh yeah and it's just like um again i've i feel like it's like one of those things of like another reminder of like how young teenage boys are so obsessed with their genitalia and and thinking that we are equally obsessed with it we're not we're barely obsessed with our own guys um (laughs) and 
Yeah, and I, I don't know. It's just like really like peppering in a lot of these jokes that I feel like would go over men's head or like a lot of teen guys' head, which is probably why the film did so poorly too. Because um, mm-hmm. again, that was the demographic it was marketed to. But um, yeah, I just felt like. Of course, yeah, like you said, this movie was doomed to fail from the beginning based off of the demographic that it was being fed to, based off of the the hatred that the media had already had towards Megan Fox. Um, Because there was, like, so much at the time going on about, like, her relationship with Michael Bay, the director of the Transformer movies, and how she Mm -hmm. basically said that he could be abusive on set, and then people calling her ungrateful, and people calling her a bitch, and, like, and, um, and then three crew members, all male, I would like to specify that they were all men, uh, three anonymous male crew members, like, wrote a really horrible, scathing, uh, letter about her, and, like, sent it out publicly, and, like, just basically saying she's stupid. She never smiles. Like, she's always, you know, like, buried in her phone. Like, basically the usual stuff that men try to, like, shit on women for about now, even though they do the same things. Like, right. I don't know. It's just, like, yeah. Like, there was, there was, a there was no way that, in, in especially the era that this movie came out because unfortunately it's like it's like with America and with most things like we go through waves of feminism mm-hmm. where it's like oh shit we're actually getting the work done and doing the work and then people get tired and people start losing sight of things and then you know like then we have what was the early 2000s and early 2010s like basically a bunch of bullshit it was like all like heroin chic and terrible writing (laughs) and filmmaking terrible terrible (laughs) writing um for women at least god yeah so Mm -hmm. um unrelated but a thing that I loved um, was when Chip was getting ready for the dance and his mom comes in and was like, you have to protect yourself. Like, there's a scary girl out there. And that's like the reality for literally every woman walking at night. Um, and she hands him a pepper spray bottle that is labeled Pink Panic mm-hmm. Pepper Spray. And he's like, mom, like... No, um, but that ends up being like a useful tool later on. Um, but just the the imagery of the the pink panic mm-hmm. pepper spray. Well, so yeah, and like it's no such a perfect example of like like subverting the like patriarchal mm-hmm, norm, like switching the roles know, of like this, like you have to protect yourself from this this thing and like I don't know it's like 
Yeah, I literally walk to my car with my keys in my fingers anytime after 4 p.m. Every, Every day. day. <laughs> if I'm walking to a car and it's almost dusk, you can guarantee that I'm get, I've am got my keys on the ready to slash somebody if somebody tries anything. And, like, right. I don't know... I don't know, I like, am speaking to our male listeners. You don't understand the fear women have all the time just living within us, you know? Like, right. we, we have to be consistently afraid and we're so normalized to it that I don't think we realize how fearful we are and how much of a, like, how much we run on a level of anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. But we've been socialized to do it and, and trained to do it. So, like, it seems normal to us. But really, it's really messed up that, like, I don't know. Like, that was such a pivotal memory to, of, for me of, like, when my mom told me for the first time the car keys trick. And, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's... It's terrifying being a woman, like, especially now. Like, I work at a woman-run business. My boss is an owner of the business. She, she is the owner of the business. She's an incredible woman. I My coworker is another incredible woman. Um, and then there's me. Doi, <laughs> doi. Um, but uh, it's like... Any time that I've had to be alone, like, without both of them there for, like, without my boss and my coworker there for support, like, any time I've worked a shift by myself and there's a man that comes in there with, like, a Blue Lives Matter mask and, like, come, Ugh. like, walking in like he's this shit, like, I genuinely get scared because it's, like, I don't know what kind of conversation we're about to have and... I don't know what I'm allowed to say around you, like, what I have to be careful of saying around you, and, and, well, honestly, that's just a thing in general, I feel like I have to be careful about what I say around men all the time, because, like, just the slightest bit of kindness and genuineness can come off as flirting, or they see it as, like, flirting, and it's, like, then, then you open a line of communication, and it gets, but you, you don't, don't open a That's line the thing. of communication. I'm like, you I'm actually just don't. doing customer service. <laughs> I've just tried to be a good worker, and now we're talking about stuff, and, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, like, it's just constant. Like, I once had this old neighbor in my apartment building, and when COVID and everything was happening, uh, it still is happening. It's It's... It's existent. It's real, just in case you were wondering. Um, but when it was, like, kind of... When we were all kind of getting more into the swing of COVID lifestyle, he was, like, making fun of people who wore masks in their cars. And he was like, that's so stupid to wear a mask in your car. And then he turns to me and, like, looks me dead in the eye and goes, that's like wearing a condom with your jeans on. And then, like, gave me this smile. And I'm like, I don't know you, sir. And I, yeah. 
I just feel like, like, we, as women, will get these, like, slightly sexual, like, jokes and, like, little, little things. And if you act uncomfortable, but... Just don't laugh at it. That's all right, I can do. Right, but, like, if, if you act like... uncomfortable, then, then you're the pervert for, like, oh, I was just making a joke and now you're making it weird. And Ugh. it's like, actually, no, I'm, you just, no. It, I'm not being weird. You're the one who's being right. weird. And, like, just, we just gotta stop, like, just don't entertain I know, it. yeah. Like, we just gotta cut yeah. it off and... Because... But it... Just, even, like, giving them the decency of, like, oh, like, I'm gonna coddle your feelings here. Like, no. No. That is cancelled. We are transcended past that. Fuck you, I sir. Know. Actually. And I'm gonna punch you in the nose. <laughs> No, but, like, it's so, uh, yeah, it's just, like, I don't know, I just, I'm, I'm trying to find the words right now, because I have a very specific thing that I'm trying to, like, say, and it's, it's not wanting to come out, but, like, yeah, this whole idea of, like, not coddling men's feelings, and, like, recognizing that because you stop doing that, you are gonna be a bitch, because... You're not no. a bitch, though, actually. No, you're not. It's like it's like that. I say bitch with, like, mental quotes because it's like... Right. It's like a men's version of she's a bitch. <laughs> like me. First of all, I don't really use the word bitch in a negative way that often. It's very yeah, actually much a term of endearment for me now or just like a, a silly, a silly mm-hmm. phrase. It's like a fun word to say. But I never, like... Say exactly. bitch in a derogatory term because I, in a sense, I want to, like, reclaim that. And and then B, mm-hmm. it's, like, men's version, like, of a bitch is if a woman criticizes him in any form or fashion, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, like, 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 I've literally had male customers leave the shop. If I told them you have to stand on a socially distanced sticker, they'll just like walk right out. <laughs> like I'll be like Bye. I'll be like, No, you have to stand six feet apart and he'll be like, No, I don't. In fact I'm leaving and I'm like, Cool. Okay. Like just like the whole thing of like me not being here is hurting you. It's just like actually it's not and you actually have no power to make me feel mm-hmm. bad. You know? Right, like, and I feel like you're in a much more solid place with that than me. Like, I'm still still very shaky in my voice, I think, when it comes to, mm-hmm. like, defending myself and holding my ground. Um, mm-hmm. Like. It's hard. It's constant. Yeah, <laughs> well, and, and it's like, I, I think I... I you, you just have to realize, like, you can never control someone's perception of you, but you have to remain true to your own emotions. Like, if it's a situation where, like, someone's bound to get hurt or whatever, like, protect yourself mm-hmm. first, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just in these, like, transactional conversations um, where, it, where it sort of feels like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's, like, an important thing to remember of just, like, 
It, that's the truth, though. You could be the nicest person in the world and never say no to anybody. Not that that makes you nice, but... Um, Not smiling big enough could... Yeah, you know, like, you're never going to make anyone... Alter someone's right. perception. And yeah. I, think, I feel like the brunt work of, of what we all have to do as feminists is, like, that self-talk through those uncomfortable interactions with sexism of, like, no, stand your ground, keep going, you don't have to be, quote, the bigger person, um, because mm-hmm. it's not being the bigger person. In fact, you're shrinking yourself for the sake yeah. of this other egotistical person and in doing so you sacrifice so much of your own life and joy and fulfillment exactly i saw this post today that has just been like wee woo wee woo wee woo in my brain uh-huh. all day um it just said empathy without boundaries is self destruction yes. that applies to your romantic relationships your familial relationships your acquaintanceships your um conversations with strangers such as what we are talking about um it applies to literally everything i love that quote so much um staunch boundaries and everything falls into place yeah and i don't know it's like i feel like that's been maybe a one silver lining Uh, there have been many silver linings from the new change in in how life is being lived currently but I feel like one specific silver lining is that uh, we kind of all have had it thrown in our face that, like, this is your life. Mm-hmm. It's not going to last. So freaking do the things you want to do. Say the things you want to say. Be the person you want to be. Because we are really living on a finite clock, my friends. So exactly. stop giving yourself away and... to other people who don't value mm-hmm. your personhood. The entire point of living is being alive and making sure you feel fulfilled. Like, nothing means anything. Nothing is ever going to matter. The only thing that, like, the purpose of life is to give your life Mm -hmm. meaning. And um, in doing that, you can't give your life meaning if you're looking to serve others. Right. And, yeah, I think, like, that ties in beautifully with the movie because like um <laughs> no just kidding uh actually it does kind of because i think diablo cody had to in fact i don't think i know that she had to go through therapy after making jennifer's body because of God. the criticism that it received like mm-hmm. she was like so many people missed the point of this movie so many of my peers like just completely like just defamed this movie and and said like 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 it was like they hadn't even really watched it and and I think like yeah just like now she's finding her audience and like she's like finding and I think also this speaks to the way film is changing as a whole because, yes, Jennifer's body couldn't be received, you know, 10 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But it can be received now because... Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful. It's not a patriarchal-dominated industry in the way that it was just 10 years ago. 
So imagine, like, the directions we're going. That's so exciting to think, like... And when I think about it too hard, it get, like, really... I, I remember how far we are. Because I'm, like... When I think about women's represent representation and, like, the Oscars... <laughs> OMG, the Oscars are a joke. Um, now, these days. Yeah, it's all, it's all pageantry and <laughs> politics. But, um... Uh, yeah, the, the, um, the, the industry was so, and is still so led by men, like, the fact that the only, like, female film director that we can say got snubbed was Greta Gerwig, because she's the one on everyone's mind, but there are so many. And honestly, I'm gonna... I knew it, I could see your face, you had a hot take coming. Greta wouldn't have deserved it anyway. Oh, for like she got for snubbed, Little Women, but for yeah, Little Women, absolutely, I agree. I loved, I loved I, Little Women, I, but not Oscar worthy. I loved it, but also here's the thing: it's like it was, it was good, but it was just mm-hmm. that it was just good, and I, I thought she sort of did a disservice to the story, um, by telling it non-linearly. I Ooh, I didn't like that choice. I didn't like that at all, and um, it felt like a parade of celebrities rather than a film to me. Oh, see, this is a good hot take, um, because, like, like part of me like wants to throw up a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I mean, but have you seen Winona? Oh, is Winona Joe? is Joe, one hundred percent. Although like, I will say, the ending. Of the original Little Women film with Winona and with Kirsten mm-hmm. Dunst and, and Sarandon and all of those powerful femme actresses. Um, the one bad part about that movie, the part that I didn't love, was the fact that at the end she ends up falling in love with the professor. And I didn't feel like that was... Um, but isn't that what happens in it the book? It is what happens in the book. But based on the research that Greta Gerwig did about the author, um, I think her her twist and her take on the ending on how in real life Joe would have never been with the professor, but it had to be written that way. Um, I think that was true because Louisa May Alcott never got married herself. And was never, mm-hmm. she she was always around, like, female companions, but never really had, like, a big love interest in her life that was a male. So I mm-hmm. think, personally, that, like, though I do love the original Little Women. But I think that's, I think, well, okay, we're, like, we're sidebars oh so hard here. Like, we've been talking about Little Women I for, know. Like five minutes. <laughs> um, but, um. I think that's true to the character of Joe, though. She is, like, a hopeless romantic. That's fair. That's fair. And that's all I'll say about it. We can talk about... We should do, maybe do an episode. No. I really love your hot take, though, because I will say there is a portion of my soul that does... I definitely agree with you on, like, everything that you're saying. Because it's like, oh, we're so mad that this, like, blonde white woman who... <laughs> 
made like a it, it just didn't really have a lot of substance to mm-hmm. me um like a it, I hate to use the term watered down because I still did really enjoy this mm-hmm. movie, but um, they're like that should have won just because she was nominated. Yeah, no. Like, no, no, and no. I was I, actually, I was surprised. That's actually unfeminist to um, wholeheartedly with your whole chest support something that didn't. Right, and I yeah, like, it's like it's like when um, and this is another hot take too. Uh, when Leonardo DiCaprio won for The Revenant, which he was amazing in. I actually agree with this hot take. I know but I he was better <laughs> in Wolf of Wall Street, and he should have won for that, I think. And the idea of, like, retroactively, like, getting your that Oscar just seems finally, like, it's... Like, then it's, like, a consolation prize. That's political, yeah, baby! Yeah, like, no! No, you don't give someone an Oscar for... If he deserved the Oscar that year, he should have gotten it that year. Like, sorry, who won sweetie. that year? Train has left the station. I don't. I'm trying know. to think. It was uh, not Leo's Wolf of Being a Wall Street. So what year was that? Okay, this is an unimportant. <laughs> um. Yeah, we're at yeah. an hour and two minutes, Ooh, so we should. Um. Okay. Last question or not question? Statement. Lasting. Whatever. Um. I actually stand Jennifer the whole time, mm-hmm. the, throughout the whole movie. Um, and I think ultimately this is a movie about Needy's undoing of her own, like, internalized patriarchal things. And, like, even though she knew from the beginning, like, that boy is bad, like, do not get in the van sort of thing. Like, she still was, like, stroking the ego of her very average boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and... In killing Jennifer, she became her. Yeah. And we love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the last thing I'll say about Jennifer. I think that's body. a perfect, perfect way to end. Leave us a voice Leave message. Leave us a voice message. Talk about Maybe we'll feature witchy you. stuff. Ooh, 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 ooh. If you have any experiences with a Ouija board, let us know. Also, if you're a witch, reach out. Yeah, just... Just reach out. Just just reach out. If you're a witch, reach out. All right. <laughs> we love you. Um, love you, Gazer. We love you. Bye. Bye. So I don't think you have a choice. You, how can you be an artist and not reflect the times? That, to me, is the definition of an artist. The music for today's podcast is The Definition by CJ. You can find more of his music at cjmakesbeats.bandcamp.com.